Agutner of Shabbos to our friends and members of the Westmount Shul. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Koirach. And uh, very challenging Parsha to find inspiration. However, there's a very beautiful idea I saw from the Sefer Yechi Ruvain from Rebruvain Karlenstein's Eternal of Racha. And I think it's a very encouraging message. The, uh, we all know the story of the rebellion of Korach and his cohorts. And we're com- we're, there's a very interesting uh, Rashi. That right before the great final showdown with the Ketaris offerings, the Pusik says that Moshe got up and went to Dasana Viram and the elders followed him. And Rashi explains why did Moshe go? He said he thought maybe they would greet him and accept him and hear what he has to say. In other words, Moshe was trying to save them in the last minute. And he could he figured if they see that I'm going to them, bichvodi uba'atzmi. So as they say in Yiddish, abyssal eretz. Maybe have a little derech from Moshe Rabbeinu. Because in the beginning of the parsha, Moshe sent messengers to Dasan Arviram. And they said, no, we're not going to go. So he figured if I come myself, show them I'm going to go myself to it, maybe this will help. Now you got to figure, got to ask yourself a question. Is this the first time he's been dealing with this Hevra? Let's go back to Dasaviram. This history goes way, way back. At least 60 years to when Moshe Rabbeinu sees the Egyptian beating up a Jew. And we know that Jew was, was Dasan. And we don't want to get into the whole story, but Moshe saves, saves his life. And then the next day, Dasan and Aviram are fighting with each other. And Moshe says, Russia, why are you trying to strike your, your brother? And he said, oh, you're going to kill us like you killed this Egyptian yesterday? Now what chutzpah? Moshe saved his life. And now he, they, and then they, what do they do? They tattletale to, to uh, Paro. And then Paro catches Moshe, and he wants to chop his head off at the guillotine, and Hashem miraculously saves Moshe's life. This is the Dostaviram. Ungrateful people, completely. But that's not the end of it. Sixty years later, Moshe comes back. He is on behalf of Hashem. He tells Moshe, "Let the Jewish people go." And then Paro makes things worse. And then what happens? Dasaviram again start yelling and screaming at them. What kind of person are you making life terrible for us? Dasaviram did not even go out of Egypt together with the Jews. They went later. And uh, when Moshe uh, said, "Don't leave over any money." They left over money. When he said, don't collect any money on Shabbos, he went to collect money on Shabbos. They were his arch nemesis. They mamish made trouble with him all the time. And now, one more time, in the beginning of this story, he sends messengers and they answer with chutzpah, brashness. We're not going to go. Even if you poke our eyes out, we're not going to go. Moshe, how far do you go to make peace? And more than that, aren't you wasting your time? You know who you're dealing with over here. And it's still, still he goes. And 
Imam, what was their response? So the Pasuk says, and thus Aviram, they came out of their tents, and Rashi says, with boldness, with a straight upper body, cursing out Moshe Rabbeinu. So as they say, what did this all help? So we say, it's Gornish Gehalfen. Nothing, nothing at all. Now Moshe, every moment of his life was so measured. And every act, because he could do so much just talking to somebody. And there's people who would listen. Why did he, Lechaira, waste his time trying to make peace with these people? It's a fascinating medrash that says the following. In the merit that Moshe took the initiative to go to the tents of Dosnaviram, Zoha he merited Lahatsil Arbot Sadikim Midina Shogahanam. Moshe merited to save four Sadikim from the judgment in head of Gehenim. Who are those four? The three sons of Korach and On Ben Peles. Even though the fact that the measure says his wife saved him as well, but it could be his wife together with Moshe Rabbeinu. What's uh, what's going on over here? Well, we see that even in the last minute, where even people can't even return at the at the last minute, when the sons of Korah are going down into the abyss of Gehenna. They thought to do a little bit good. And we know that from that rung in the upper area of Gehenna, they did Shuva. And so did Om Ben Palace. So, and it's very unusual that uh, the, the, the sons of uh, Korach, they, they were the original ringleaders. And Moshe tried as well. He went himself to Korach's home with his three sons. And when Moshe came, the three sons were a little bit conflicted. I mean, Moshe's coming up. We should stand for Moshe Rabbeinu. On the other hand, we're on our father's side. And at the end of the day, they got up. So they were thinking about a little bit of tshuva, but not enough tshuva. They didn't back down. So what's going on over here? So we see a fascinating idea what the Medrash is saying. And here is the golden rule. You'll learn from this medrash and from this whole story that a person makes an effort over here and success comes somewhere else. What we're hearing is the following. Moshe Rabbeinu, the deck was stacked against him to succeed. These are guys he's tried so many times, it's fallen on deaf ears with Dawson Avira. And he tries in the beginning of this parsha, and the A's answer with brazenness to Shliach. And it's coming, Mamish Otot to the end. It's Mamish the showdown. In a, in a matter of moments, they're all going to be killed. And Moshe Rabbeinu, let's give it one more try. What do you one more try? What are you wasting your time? They've made it clear they're not interested. And the answer is, you have to understand something: that when we do something that is the Ratzon Hashem. And there can be no greater Ratzon Hashem 
than to try to make peace, to make shalom. That's the greatest. That's the kli machzik bracha is shalom. We know Hashem wants shalom more than anything else in the world. And even though there's a 99% chance shalom will not be achieved, but maybe, maybe, maybe there's a 1% chance, even though the odds are it's not going to work, Moshe says, I have to do the Ratzon Hashem, even if I know that the Ratzon Hashem is that I shall fail to bring them back. Why? Because whenever you do the Ratzon Hashem, you bring in the greatest spiritual energy into the world. And even though that energy and that effort doesn't help in the area you're trying over here, it cannot be that that holy effort isn't recognized and accomplishes something somewhere else. And therefore the Medrash is saying that Moshe Rabbeinu, if Moshe Rabbeinu would have said, I'm not going to bother with us enough anymore. There's such a gangsters, I'm not going to bother with them. Then what would have happened is the three sons of Korach and Unben Pelas would have died. And it's interesting, the Medrash calls them Arbot Sadikim Medina Shogeh. Sometimes you can be a tzaddik and go to Gehenna. They made an error, as we discussed in our Parsha class. They made an error. And for that error, they should go to Gehenna. But Moshe says, but maybe I can change them. And therefore, I know the rutzen of Hashem is to try. Hashem's rutzen is not that you should succeed. Hashem's rutzen is effort. And to show how much you love Hashem and you, you feel Hashem's pain whenever there's a machloikas around. Hashem has so much pain that his children are, are fighting with each other. And I'm going to try, and I know it's a failure. It isn't going to work. But I go with their Eretz and Ernst the guy. So what happens is you've created such a positive energy that it must make an impact somewhere in this world. And ask yourselves, what was it about the three sons of Korach that in the last minute they could hop themselves and change? It was the holy energetic efforts of Moshe with Dosnaviram in his failure. And the same thing with Om Ben Pelis. Similarly, Avasar of Nosan says, there's a tefillah that sometimes helps only after a hundred years. And the same idea, a good, sincere prayer is never lost. And the stipler, Zichronel of Racha says that we see stories of Bali Tshuva not only were they were chilonim, but their parents were chilonim. And they came back. And how was that? The tears from the Bubas and Zetas from years before. And just like the story with the sons of Korach, they got up for Moshe, but they didn't get an initial reaction that the mamish changed. And Moshe's initial reactions doesn't seem to have a slacha, but the main slacha comes in the positive action. The Briskarov notices, it says in the Torah, after Yaakov fought with the Malach, the Malach says, your name is going to be Yisrael, ki sariso im Elohim vimanoshim vatuchal. Because you contended with God's powerful people and men and you were successful. Rash says, who's Elohim? That's the Malach. Who is Anashim? Lovan and Esau. So the obvious question the Biskorov asks, well, we see he defeated the Malach. We see he was successful, got loving, but he has not yet met Esau. And the Biskorov says, you know what? What you see in this world is nothing. 
The place where the battles are is in Shemaim. And everything else is, co is coming out of the subsequent realities of what's going on in Shemaim. And if Yaakov was able to defeat the angel of Esau in a spiritual realm, then his brother Esau is already defeated. Even though Esau is still there, but he's defeated. So a lot of times we don't see in the physical world real success. We don't see anything happening. People are doing nice things. They're doing mysterious nefesh. Sometimes it succeeds. Sometimes it doesn't. You had Nebuch in the Holocaust. Great Gedolah made so much effort to save Yidden. And they were so, so close to saving almost a hundred, a million Hungarian Jews. And they made so much effort. But at the end of the day, it failed. Why do people, why do Gedolim try certain things and they know the odds are against them? First of all, maybe Hashem will do a miracle, but even if he doesn't, don't feel that things have been lost. And Rav Karlenstein says, he says there was a very famous or infamous story that happened in the early, early 1960s with a young boy by the name of Yosela Schumacher. Very interesting story. His parents immigrated from Russia, and they were Chilonian. And uh, he had a grandfather who was religious, who came out of Russia as well. And when the parents first came to Eretz Yisrael, they didn't have uh, enough money to take care of their child. They lived in not such great uh, quarters. So they asked if the grandfather would take care of him for a while, which he happily did. And now the grandfather, who was a from Yid, he sees that his grandchild has no religious education. He wants to give him a good Jewish education and he starts to educate him for a number of months. Then the parents' financial situation gets a little better and they want him to come back. There was a whole mix-up over here. I don't want to get into the whole historical background over here. The grandfather, for some reason, thought the parents were going to take the boy and go back to Russia. And it appears that was not what the parents were going to do. But either way, the grandfather understood that if this Yosela comes back to his parents, he will not be religious anymore. So the grandfather concealed him and didn't send him back. And then when the parents got, uh, you know, upset, they went back, he gave to other people and they hid the child. And it's a whole dramatic story he was even hit by the stipler, hit him for a while. He davened in the letterman shul for a while. They had him disguised as a Haredi. He had to go to Europe, all over, to America, all over. And the, and the headline said, Anyway, they're trying desperately to give this boy a good Yiddish education. I don't want to get into the politics. I don't want to get into the family issues. I don't want to take sides. It's a complicated story, and that's not the point of why I'm telling the story. But great, great Gedolim were involved in this story. It wasn't just regular people. And they all understood that this child's spiritual future hung in the balance. At the end of the day, the Mossad was able to uh, get the boy back after about, I believe it was about two years. And at that point, people could say, so at the end of the day, what did we accomplish? At the end of the day, he went back to the parents. He's raised up secular. This Yosla now is over 70 years old. He's a secular Jew. So what was the success? So says Rav Karlenstein, 
I mean, he was a big man. So he says, you think they didn't succeed? When did the Balchuva movement really take off in Eretz Yisrael? It happened in, after the 67 war. Could very well be, he suggests, that all the efforts that were made that failed, Hashem gave outstanding success afterwards. There was a certain tkufa after the Six-Day War where people were becoming Balchuvas very quick. You make an effort in one place, it comes out in another place. But it was the great Magid Rav Hillel from Kolomai was once on a train, he sees a Jewish soldier and they're sitting next to each other and the Jewish soldier takes out of his bag a sandwich and starts to engorge himself on the sandwich, but it's a ham sandwich. And the, uh, the tzaddik could tell he, this, this soldier was a yid. And the magid goes over to him and he says, uh, what are you eating? He says, yes, yes, I'm eating. You see what I'm eating. He says, are you a Jew? Yeah. A Jew eating pork? Yeah. And then the Magid starts giving him musr. He gives him a whole drusha to explain to him how terrible the aver of eating treif is and how strict treif food, what it does to you, how it destroys your spirituality. He speaks a whole drusha and the soldier's just munching away on his ham sandwich. And the, and the Magid just, you know, Continuing to, to, to speak and speak, pouring out his heart. The guy finished his sandwich, takes out another sandwich. And the rabbi's still talking his heart out. After a while, the, the, the chayal interrupts him and says, tell me, are you normal? <laughs> he says, why am I not normal? He says, you see, I'm eating and I'm continuing eating. I'm not even listening to the most you're saying. Why do you keep talking? Don't you understand your words aren't helping? Why do you keep going and I'm just eating the sandwich? Said Reb Hillel, I'm speaking and I will continue to speak. And if you ask me what the benefit is, I want to tell you something. Right now you're a young chayal with all your koach and all your strength and you think you're always going to be this way. But you got to remember, prison is not always a gibor. There comes a time where things don't go so well. Everyone has ups and downs, especially when you get older and your strength leaves you. And it could be in those days when you feel that that kochi v'otsam yodi, my power, has dwindled down a bit. And then maybe you're going to remember the words I told you. The one time there was Jew who was trying to move you and tell you what a mitzvah is, what an avera is. And maybe today's treasure will help sometime later. He paused and said, I want to tell you one more thing. He says, even if your whole life you remain non-religious, but when it comes to your deathbed, when your mom is barely breathing and you can remember something and you get a little hear her, a little arousal of tshuva, it was worthwhile for me to say this whole speech. So what do you see from this? You never know what success will come out of certain actions. You never know where things are going to happen. For Korach, for Dawson and Aviram, Moshe, with all his efforts, couldn't help. But don't think the efforts were lost. 
The efforts helped in other ways and helped other people from Gehenim. And that's the way it is in all generations. And therefore, we would find any good action that we do to squash our Yetzirah will make, will have fruits in the future, will help somebody else at another time to squash their Yetzirah. And it's so interesting on Rosh Hashanah when we blow the shofar of all the Psalms to say before shofar blowing, we say, We say one of the Psalms that Korach's sons made as they were in the abyss of Gehenna. And, and the question is, what are we actually saying at this point? We're, we're now blowing the shofar for the whole theme of Malchios, that Hashem is the king over the whole world. But perhaps this is to arouse our hearts. Like the Bnei Korach, oi, the Bnei Korach. When did they merit to do tshuva? Mamish at the last minute. And therefore we tell everybody, we arouse everybody, and they're still in the last minute. It's coming before the final judgment on Rosh Hashanah. We say, before we blow the shofar, grab a hold of yourself. You could still do tshuva through all the collective efforts that have happened. And finally, Rav Yitzchik Petterberg, the author of the Koch Veyor, he says a very interesting idea. He says, if a person is a Macy's and a Mediach, a person who tries to turn Jews away from Hashem, even if he fails and we have a Jewish Bezdin, he is given capital punishment, no mercy at all. Why? Because he wanted to push us away. He wanted, but it did not succeed. And he gets the worst punishment of all the capital punishments is stoning. Well, we should know that the attribute of good is so much greater than the attribute of bad. If for trying to take someone away from Yiddishkeit and you failed, you get punished with that. So anyone who tries to bring someone under the Kanfei Ashkina, you want to save a Jew from sinning. How much reward will you get even if you don't succeed? Because that's the rule. And we see that a person should never be so sure that nothing happens. Who said you didn't accomplish anything? Maybe not here. But you for sure accomplished with that good deed. And there has to be a success somewhere else. And therefore, this is a good Shabbos to review a lot of things in our lives. To think about certain relationships that we've had either with family or friends that we've given up on. And we've tried to make up and it hasn't worked and you say you know what it doesn't worth it this parsha this week is masugal remember we're, we're getting close we're getting close to the three weeks as we're in the middle of the 40-day journey of the spies remember the spies their mistake was they judged by what they saw but hashem doesn't judge that way that's what's behind the effort and maybe you can try again to make peace with somebody. And if you fail again, just know. I didn't make peace here, but there's going to be peace somewhere else. I don't know exactly where that peace is going to be. That's how important it is to make shalom. That's how important it is to try to be makar of another yid. Try to bring a yid close to Hashem. And you try, 
and you're going to say, it's going to fail for sure, so let it fail. See, we have this idea that we only try things that succeed, and that's absurd. You have to try things that Hashem wants. If you see another yid, it's not observant. It should mamish eat your heart up alive. Hashem is suffering so much. At least Hashem knows that somebody cares. Somebody wants to do something. And even though the answer is no from that person, it will come out somewhere else. You'll never know. You will know in the next world. Can you imagine the next world when they come to any one of us and tell you no? Because of you, Mr. So-and-so became observant and his children became observant and you have tens and thousands and millions of mitzvahs on your account. You're going to turn to Hashem and say, I don't even know who the guy is. Of course you don't know who the guy is. Remember that other person? Oh, I remembered. I tried a long time with him. It never worked. He says, no, 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 it worked. It worked for the other one. In all these areas of life, we have to remember we, we are loyal Servants of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Success is not up to us at all. And Moshe Rabbeinu, we know that Tanya says there's a little bit of Moshe Rabbeinu in each and every one of us. And in the discourse of Moshe Rabbeinu trying this week to change Korach and succeeded in redeeming four righteous people, we should all think who we want to care about what peace we're trying to make, who we want to reach out to without worrying about the outcome because you know the outcome will always be successful. When Mashiach comes, we'll see how successful we really are. Have a good Shabbos. Have a wonderful Arab Shabbos too.